It's time for another Wrestling Perspective podcast on the WrestlingInc.com network. He is a former X Division champion, Petey Williams. What's up? Dennis, nothing much going on with you. That's uh, good, good. We'll, we'll get to your voice here in two seconds. I'm Dennis Farrell. Petey, are you okay? You're, you're a gamer. Um, well, I'm feeling a little uh, under the weather, as you can tell by my... My voice didn't think, uh, you know, I could push through it, though. I mean, man, when I used to wrestle, I used to wrestle, like, flu. Like, it, it didn't matter, man. Puking right before the match because I was so sick. But, you know, wrestling fans need their fix, man. I understand that. So I'll see how long I can last with this and see what happens. Well, I'll give you a second to rest your voice while I do all the promotion and a story for you, PD, that uh, right. you were actually a part of. You can go to WrestlingInc.com, get all of your wrestling news. The podcast, they do a weekly SmackDown and Raw review. Uh, Raw's with Matt Morgan, Raj and Glenn. They uh, hold it down. Sometimes I join them. SmackDown every Wednesday, Tuesday morning, they do one. All on the same network. Also, you can go over to Wrestling Perspective on Facebook. Like the page. That's where you'll get your uh, Dennis Farrell, Petey Williams fix. You can follow PD Williams on Twitter at IPD Williams. You can follow me at I, not at I, I don't even know why I did that, Pete. At <laughs> Dennis774. It is, it is. I might change it to that. We could be like the I brothers or something. But uh, Dennis77 Farrell, F A R R E L L, and Wrestling Inc. on Twitter. You want to go over there and follow them at Wrestling Inc. PD, let me tell you how my Monday started off. Uh, it, was, right. it was rough work-wise, but I decided I'm going to go play golf with a couple buddies. I, I, We load up in the car. We go out to the golfer. You're not a golfer. I get it. Uh, I wish you were. So, <laughs> All right. So I'm I, glad I'm not, but okay. So I pop on Facebook, and I you know, tag the place I'm golfing. But by the way, we're in Detroit, Michigan. So this is, for everybody listening, this plays into it. So I'm, I'm like, hey, at the Majestic, about to play some golf. Tag it. We get onto the first tee. We're looking out. We're, we're waiting for some people to leave the, the golf course. And this golf cart goes flying around the corner, right? It pulls right up. And I'm thinking, all right, we're about to get kicked out. Maybe we peed in the woods or one of us isn't wearing a car, collar on our, on our golf shirt. This guy pops out and goes, hey, are you Dennis? I go, excuse me? He goes, you Dennis Farrell? I go, yeah. He goes, I just listened to your podcast. I go, What? He goes, yeah, with P.D. Williams. I just listened to your podcast. I just found it, and I love it. I go, really? You're like, holy shit. He goes, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I, just, I was looking around, looking for wrestling podcasts. Me and my family are huge P.D. Williams fans, me and my nephews. And I'll give the guy a shout-out here in a second. I, I'm, I'm the golf pro here, saw you tag it, and I've been kind of driving around looking for you to say, I'm a fan now. And, and he's like, I found it because of PD, but I kind of like you. <laughs> so, so like that had to have been one of, the, I've been recognized every once in a while for fantasy football stuff, you know, working with ESPN and whatnot. This was probably one of the coolest things. Cause like my, my buddies were there. They're like, holy cow, you're not just a joke. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really do appreciate all the fans, you know, I mean, uh, straight from the heart. And, but I mean, that just goes to show why I don't like tag where I'm at and stuff like that, because, you know, if, if there is any fans, they're going to come and, you know, maybe you're with your family or something like that. So, 
hence why I don't use a lot of Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but hey, good for you, Dennis, man. I, I you got a fan. I, no, you got a fan. I <laughs> I am going to try to use your name to get free golf. That's that's going to be my plan going forward. Is everywhere I go now, I'll be like, I'm here. Anybody know Petey Williams? <laughs> uh, it's not going to work. But good luck. It might like. And by the way, Stephen Tanner, uh, he, like he was telling the story about how he was listening to us talk about Ring of Honor. And he was like, are they in Detroit? Holy cow. And he he was really excited. And I told him, dude, thank you so much. We'll give you and he never told me his nephew's names, but says nephews really love your finishing move. And, awesome. And they bounce around, watch Raw together. And, and Stephen Tanner is the golf pro at the Majestic. By the way, my favorite golf course, Hint Hint Free Golf. Um, <laughs> I'm a shill. I get it. I sold out, right? No, that's not called selling. No, that's called buying in. I mean, you just keep saying Stephen Tanner, Stephen Tanner, and apparently, like, eventually, you'll get free golf. Let me ask you before we yeah. get into a great. What is the coolest thing you've gotten free from being Petey Williams? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, oh. I coolest thing, coolest thing, coolest thing. What, um, you know, when you go over to Japan, it's like some, somehow the Jap, the Japanese fans are, are, are awesome, but somehow they find where you're staying and somehow they get access to the phone and call up your room. I, I don't know how, I don't know if the lady at the front desk, you know, they just give out your room number or whatever, but they call you down and they're like, Hey, we got gifts for you. And they'll give you gifts. Um, in return, you know, you just got to take some pictures with them. And I, I usually take pictures for free. No problem. Um, I, I, one guy, he got me some, uh, man, I can't remember the name brand, but there's like a monkey on it. And I guess it was a big thing in Japan, but you, you know, he got me like a hat. He got me like this, uh, um, like carrying type bag, like a man purse. I don't know what it's called, like a satchel. And I still have it in the package. I didn't take it out or anything like that. It could actually be worth some money because of the name brand. So a, a couple of things like that were, were pretty cool. I really appreciated that. Um, other than that, like, you know, I mean, one time, uh, we got back from TNA and we got off the plane in Detroit and, you know, me and the machine guns, we always like, you know, met up at Alex Shelley's place and then took one car over to the airport, you know, cheaper park and all that kind of stuff. Or we'd have his, uh, you know, Alex Shelley's girlfriend at the time, drive us to the airport and pick us up. So she picked us up at one time, and uh, we went to CeCe's Pizza, if you remember that. They don't right. really have it around here anymore, but I we do. love CeCe Pizza. It's like $5, let's, let's eat it up. You know, We don't have to be on TV for another week. Let's just cheat. And we're, we're just chilling, and this guy just comes over, slaps down like a $20 bill, and goes, guys, I appreciate all your work. This meal's on me, and walks away. Doesn't ask for a picture, nothing. And like I'm like, Oh, like, cool, man. That's awesome. You know, so like that happens quite a bit too. Um, I didn't get it like a car or anything like that. No, you, know? you get a car, you get a car. Yeah. That'd be nice. That I, yeah, I, I was pretty blown away and it was really cool. Like, like I said, it's happened before, but it always kind of happens when I'm the only one around. I, I get it every once in a while in ear, airports and whatnot. And whenever I have to go to New York, cause I've done cable TV out in New York, Yep. I, I, I kind of get it there, but there, my, you know, 
my wife or any of my friends are never around. I come back and I go, someone recognized me. They're like, yeah, whatever, janitor. It's like, hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> but it was pretty cool. And I'm I'm really, really excited, especially because you know, this is my third year playing golf, Pete. And I really feel like I need to con you into trying it, just trying it. No, I used to play golf back in uh, high school, actually. We had a little uh, a nine hole course around, uh, you know, where we lived um, in Windsor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the problem was I'm a I'm a lefty golfer. Me too. Lefty baseball, left, lefty everything. Right. So you know, when you're a kid, you know, I mean, my job at the time, I think I was like washing dishes or something doing construction. I wasn't making a lot of money. So I'm not buying a left handed golf set. And all my buddies had like right handed ones. So I actually had to teach myself how to go right handed when it came putter time. It didn't matter. I could, you know, get on the green. But I, I did that for for summers, you know, and I I was all right. It's just that. You know, I just it wasn't it wasn't my thing, you know, like this is before I started wrestling. And then I got into actually wrestling and I'm like, you know, what? no more golf, man. Makes sense. I, I can respect the game. I respect it. I respect yeah. it. Pretty busy week in wrestling. Let's talk some current stuff. Backlash was in the books. What did you think of Backlash? Um, well, I, I, I was out of town, so, um. You know, I, I kind of watched it with a couple other uh, one semi wrestling uh, fan buddy. You know, at like big in the '80s, '90s, Stone Cold days, Rock days. Kind of fell off a little bit, but still enjoys watching it when he gets the chance to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the first time he saw Nakamura. I also watched it with another buddy who knows absolutely nothing about wrestling. I love that. I love it. Just like we talked about with my wife, like you know, knows nothing about it. And it's like, what's going on? And he's hitting him in the face five times, all that kind of stuff. So great mix to watch it with, except, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I usually watch these pay-per-views by myself. I get to, to, you know, get like involved in them, like concentrate on them. Uh, not so much this time because I'm explaining stuff and we're, you know, drinking, having a good time, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, my, my one buddy, I said, this is the first time you saw Nakamura. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, and he watched it and he goes, you know, I'm not that impressed. And I'm wow. like, yeah, this wasn't his best showing. You know, even like his entrance, I've seen better charisma come from him in NXT and his entrance and stuff. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was a little off. I don't know. Your thoughts? I'm not a huge NXT fan. I've said this many times. It's just too much wrestling to watch. I, I watch Raw and SmackDown actually live. I'm one of the few people that can pull off. I, I'm i starting to watch a little more Impact just just because I want to get familiar with the product. You know, I do every once in a while the podcast with Matt Morgan, which I kind of want to know what's going on with him. Your roots you know, you you were starting to watch it a little bit more, so I want to be able to talk to you about it. It's just too much wrestling for me at this point to really keep up with NXT, even though it's it's the superior brand. Yeah, I, I like what they're doing when I watched it. I did watch Takeover, uh, it, and it was the first uh, NXT pay per view I watched. So we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But you're kind of right. It felt like without the live violinist nakamura seems a little bit like he goes through the motions even though i would love to see them cut his entrance down by 25 minutes <laughs> <laughs> um no i mean there's few people in wwe nxt just in wrestling in general right now who have an epic entrance you know we can all agree that undertaker's entrance was epic 
Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but like guys like Nakamura, you know, the crowds involved in it. Um, it's great. Uh, you know, and then, but it seems like that's the highest point and now you have to keep it high and that, that's tough to do for a wrestler. And same with a thin, you know, epic entrance, especially when he does his demon Wh- gimmick. Which entrance is better in your opi- opinion, Nakamura with the with the <clears throat> violinists at its height or Demon Finn? Okay, so for crowd participation, I like Finn's better because well, uh, that's not true. I think Nakamura has more crowd participation. Yeah, his is his is the singing part of it. You mm-hmm. know, the fans kind of did that on its own, on their own. With Finn, you know, he raises his hands and the crowd does it with him. So he's actively saying, like, I'm raising hand, my hands, you guys do it too. Okay, so that that's the you interacting with the crowd, the wrestler he's interacting directing. with the crowd. Okay, Nakamura, he doesn't go out there and start singing and expect the crowd to sing. They just did that on their own. Mm-hmm. Like, great participation. Um, but his entrance, I feel, is a lot more charismatic with his like strobe light, his dancing, his facial expressions, his body language, all that stuff, you know, when he gets in the ring and he does his, you know, lean back thing and then his thing like it, that, that's great. The charisma there, it's better. So it's two different types of things, but both are probably the greatest entrances in WWE right now. When and this is, you know, comes from ignorance on my part. When you let's say TNA when you yeah. go through a reboot or you're there the first time, how how does that happen? Do they give you a song and you get to pick it? Do you have to, you know, walk in and out of the entrance twenty times to make sure what you're doing seems right and the boys tell you, Hey, maybe you should do this? Is it all scripted or dictated to you? Like when you come out at this song, when that beat drops, we want you to hit the floor. How how does that happen? Okay, so um when I started with Team Canada you know, I didn't have really any say in what music was played. Mm-hmm. They just agreed upon like, hey, you know, what's super massive heat is if you guys came out to the Canadian National Anthem. You know, and they put a little guitar riff at the beginning and then going to the Canadian National Anthem. All right. So, I mean, cool. But then when I broke off from Team Canada, you know, there's this guy. Uh, I don't think he works for TNA anymore, but his name was Dale Oliver. And he kind of recorded all the music. And it's so, I think he might have worked for WCW as well. But, and you could tell because he's like, you know, you go up to him and, or he comes up to you and you say, you know, what are you thinking of for music, you know? And if you remember like uh, DDP's music back in WCW days, mm-hmm. total rip off of Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. All yes. right. It's just, and you know, I, I play music and stuff like that. I, don't, I think people know that. So mm-hmm. I think it was the chord progression just backwards and a little bit different. So, I mean, they like to rip off a lot of stuff like that. Um, so for this next, for my next music, I said, hey, man, you know, what would be good is if uh, at the time, you know, Audio Slave was on their first album. I loved Audio Slave, like uh, Chris Cornell, rest in peace. Um, it was Show Me How to Live by Audio Slave. And I'm like, if you can make it like something like that, I think that's kind of a cool beat. But it came out, it sounded like Shout at the Devil by like Van Halen or something like that. And I'm like, eh, not there's anything wrong with that, but that's not what I was looking for at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, ah, whatever, I'm stuck with this music. And then I did the Maple Leaf Muscle gimmick, and I was like, listen, man. <laughs> I said, this is how I kind of want the music. And uh, I said, I wanted a mix between, 
it's it's Bill Conti's uh, Rocky um, theme, not the 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 Rocky theme where he's coming back. It's it's when he's training, as well as like uh, the the Terminator beginning. If you can mix them together, if that makes any sense to mm-hmm. you, Dennis. Uh, okay. Um, and he made a great. I, I love the music, man. It was so different than anything else that was on TNA, um, and I loved it. it. It was like very epic and stuff like that. It, it was great. And then when I went back the second time, I, I think Dale was still working there. I said, "Hey, man, can I use that old music?" And he's like, "No, I was thinking we could use your uh, other, like the shout at the devil one or whatever." And I'm like, "All right, whatever. I don't. It's music, you know." But I think that's where TNA is lacking is their entrances. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what creates a star. Like if people are participating like with Finn and Nakamura, people that haven't even seen these guys wrestle before, they're like, Hold, this guy's somebody important. This guy just feels like a star. Right. And they, they haven't seen him get in the ring yet. So I mean, that's that's very important to me. You know, when you walk out of that curtain you gotta look like a star, act like a star, treat it like a star, all that kind of stuff. I'm with you, and you know one of the things that I miss in wrestling, and it's probably the smallest thing, and I may have told you this, but to me, it was one of the cornerstones of what you and I grew up watching, whether it was WCW, WWE, WWF, the different sets for pay-per-views. I remember being a kid and not being able to get the pay-per-view, but talking to a buddy who got it going, what did it look like? What was the, the set? What was the entrance like? The... The customized entrance, and those are gone now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they try a little bit, but they still have the big, like, HD, like, LED, whatever it is, um, thing in the background. And they might throw up, like, nothing like some, it used to uh, be. Some extra stuff. That's it. But nothing like it used to be. That, that set production was awesome back in the day, I, I believe. Absolutely. I wonder if TNA started doing different, and probably costly and out of their budget. Not that I know what their budget is or impact as they want to be known now. I feel like that would give them an edge because that is a little bit of nostalgia that we like. I feel like they could go back and steal some of the things that WC does. This is where they're messing up, I think. They're in a perfect position to take. Take something what WCW used to do, take something what WWE used to do, and combine it and and make it its own, and they're not. Yeah, I mean... It is a budget thing. I mean, you know, I don't think it's any surprise that they film at the same studio, like right now anyways. I mean, we were traveling on the road for a while, but they film at the same, you know, soundstage at Universal. And, you know, they don't they don't have the, the set crew to set up new production sets and all that kind of stuff. So they use the same one, which, you know, okay. Um, but I, I think, you know, it, it seems like, you know, TNA is owned by Anthem now. It seems like they're starting on a, a rebuilding process, and I, I hope it works. And then I hope that's something we could see in the future. I think at some time. And here's the other thing I used to like is that that always got me excited when it was a WCW Class of Champions, and I think even TNA did it for a little bit. It, correct me if I'm wrong. The ramp that leads right up to the ring. I mean, equal level. Yeah, you know what. <laughs> TNA did that for a while, um, like right in there. And 
I like I that. They, I think they did it more so because Hogan couldn't walk up the steps or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, this could be a rumor. There's a but handicap yeah. accessibility yeah, ring. Yep. It went right. And then that's why we went back to the four sides, too. But now they're back to the six sides. So, you know, think, things change. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought that was cool, too, going, like, right in there. And I think – I'm trying to think. I, I was also on some indie shows or maybe in England, wherever. And they had rings – like they, they had the ramps like that. And it was great because that, that added for spots you can do. You know, I could backdrop a guy right to the outside. He could land on that um, entrance ramp without killing himself and falling all the way to the ground. And we could do stuff on there. So it adds a, a separate dynamic to the match. <laughs> I'm still laughing about the handicap accessible ring. I, dude, I, I don't even know why it's I just said a that. Rumor. I mean, uh, just a it's rumor. rumors, you know. Heard in the great, heard through the grapevine. And 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 that's okay. Before we get back to back uh, backlash, let me ask you one more question: six or four side rings? Yay or nay? Which one? It it don't matter. I mean, you know, obviously, I was training a four sided ring. I remember when they first brought the six sides. It was right when we signed the contract with Fox Sports and that. Um, and then we started doing our, uh, you know, weekly TV show. Um, and they did the six sides and like all of us were in there, like, you know, trying to figure it out. Some of the guys were used to it because I think, um, what Japan company used that? I can't remember the name. Uh, but so, you know, like CML or AAA in Mexico use it. A lot of the guys have wrestled in a six sided ring before. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the guys like XWWE guys. You know, I remember them checking out the ring, like uh, three live crew, like Conan. Well, Conan's used to it in Mexico, but like, you know, uh, Billy and Road Dog and all that kind of stuff. They were like, oh, what's going on here? You know, but it, it's the same. Um, you know, if anything, you got more corners to work with, more neutral corners. If you're in a tag match, more stuff you can do. It doesn't matter to me. All right. It really doesn't. Backlash, we talked about Nakamura. Uh, I thought the Usos in uh, Breezango was a great match. I loved it. It was short and funny. I was, uh, <laughs> so the fashion files, the, their whole gimmick, Love that's, it. that's, that's, that's money right now. That's good comedy. Um, and I remember seeing, you know, Tyler breeze in the ring with the mop and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I turned to my buddy who's semi wrestling fan. And I said, man, that's the, that's the stuff they used to do in PWG. Now that's, that's pro wrestling gorilla. That's in, LA. I used to work for them. Fans love that stuff. Like anything you can do comedy or out of the realm of professional wrestling, they go absolutely nuts for that. Mm -hmm. But you know, he has no idea what PWG is. So I just kind of ended the conversation right there. But I mean, that's, that's, that's good stuff right there. I like that. I let the, the whole spot is the guys would say, I'm starting to learn wrestling terminology, by the way, even <laughs> though I feel like a fraud when I say spot to you, like yeah. you're you're in the industry and I'm not and here I am trying to talk lingo to you. I love the whole roll back and forth from corner to corner. So we, uh, you know one of the Usos couldn't do his jump move. I yeah I I laughed so hard at that. And the, it was short and sweet. It didn't go too long. It to me it was perfect. We all know Tyler Breeze and Fandango right now are just all placeholders for the Usos in, until. Uh, New Day show up, but man, I, I I hope they don't waste whatever Breezango has going on right now because it's it's great. Yeah, and you never know, man. Like I think when they write these storylines, like when the creative writes this stuff, they're like, let's see if this sticks, you know. And if the fans get behind it, you know, 
they're smart writers. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll run with it. But if the fans aren't buying it, they're like, all right, you know, maybe we'll push a little more, see if we get anything more out of it. Nope. Okay, we'll pull back on it. So it seems like the fans are into it. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how much, you know, the creative team pushes it more forward. So I'm interested to see. I mean, that's intriguing to me. We've seen, especially at the pay-per-view and uh, this thir- what, uh, Tuesday on SmackDown, if you've seen it or not, Sami Zayn gets two pin wins over Baron Corbin. Uh, I'm okay with this. You know, my biggest complaint was they were making Sami Zayn look like, uh, what was his name? Uh, I can't b- not believe it. Dolph Ziggler. You know, he's he's a great seller, but he's not. I think that was his biggest problem is he sells too much. I I love that they gave Sami Zayn the wins. Yeah, I mean, I. yeah, Sami's he's a great guy, man. Um, no, he deserves everything that he's got. Now, I'm glad to see that they're not just <clears throat> pretty much. It, it seems like his role was like, okay, this guy is we, we have a heel right here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, next month he's going to be fighting for the title, right? So let's let's have him have a great match with Sammy, you know, get this heel even a little bit more over, and then push him up into the title picture. And it seemed like that's what he was. And that's kind of like um, back in the day maybe like Jake the Snake was. You know, never held the belt, sold really good. You know, he, he did get wins. But, you know, the next step for the, whoever he was fighting was the title picture. So, I mean, it's not a bad spot for Sammy to be in. They have to give him some wins, which they did, because everybody knows, you know, they're pushing Baron Corbin now up to the next level, like championship status. So you got to get Sammy some wins so that, you know, the next feud he goes on to, if he does lose, it's actually a credible loss, not like, oh, well, of course Sammy, Sammy lost again. So they're, they're doing it right. This is this is good stuff. Let's talk about the Kevin Owens-AJ Styles match real quick. You know, AJ's a good friend of yours. I kind of predicted on the wrestling podcast that there was no way AJ Styles should win this match. Nothing against him, but he is above holding the United States championship right now. And for him to hold that belt would feel like a step down for him. So you would need him to have a credible loss to Kevin Owens to set them both up. I felt like a loss here for AJ Styles wouldn't hurt his momentum. And the way they did it was pretty clever. I thought, you know, he stepped through the announce table, got stuck and couldn't make it back in for the ring count, and Kevin Owens wins. How'd you feel? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a count-out loss. You know, it doesn't hurt anybody. Kevin Owens is the dastardly heel that, uh, you know, retains the title, not by beating AJ, AJ in the ring, but, you know, by count-out, disqualification, whatever the case may be. So uh, I don't know if they're both going to move on. It seems like it because it seems like they're going into that money in the bank. Um, I hope we get to see AJ and Nakamura. That'd be great, you know. Uh, rehash their feud from New Japan. Uh, American crowd hasn't gotten to see that yet. Um, yeah, I don't think it hurt anybody. Great match. Um, the problem was, you know, when it was happening, once again, I'm watching with my buddy. And uh, he's like, you're ruining it for me, man, because you're calling all the spots before they do it. And I'm like, I've wrestled both these guys enough. I know it's going to happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. You, even when we were at, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, I brought him to a, uh, a Raw show. We were watching like a dark match. And Rhino, who I've wrestled a bunch to, um, he does his opening spot, and I'm calling it before he does it. And they're like, man, why are you doing that? You're ruining it for me. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's good to see those guys, man, being where they're at. And, um, I, see, I somewhat, with the U.S. title picture, I somewhat agree with you, but 
as a step down. Um, that's all how you look at it. You know, the, the, the person can make the title. So if AJ had the title, he can, he can make it. Um, yeah, he does deserve to be in the heavyweight pitcher, but you know, back when we're in, I was in TNA and you know, AJ and I, or whoever were feuding for the X division title. A lot of people wanted to see or felt that that title was more important than the heavyweight title. So, I mean, it's all how you look at it. We'll, we'll go back to this. Let's finish. Yeah. Let's finish. Cause I we'll, have, we'll, a... we'll, we'll continue talking about that forever. We will never see eye to eye on that. Yes. Uh, but I'm glad that you brought that up and let's, Let's end at least the backlash talk here with the Jinder Mahal. I loved it. To me, Randy Orton, I, when you think of Randy Orton, I don't think of a 13-time champ. To me, Randy Orton, here, here's the best way to describe it. People may disagree, but it, it's been said. I'm not the originator of this idea, but I subscribe to it, that Triple H was a amazing supporting role wrestler during the Attitude Era. He was never a a major star in a lot of people's eyes. He couldn't carry the company on his back, except when he did the whole DX thing, which was to counter the NWO. You know, alone, Triple H was a great supporting character. Uh, you know, to me, that's how Randy Orton is. I, I couldn't put a company on Randy Orton's back. I, he just doesn't have it. When I think of Randy Orton, I don't think of a 13-time champion. I barely thought he should have been the champion this time around. And although they were misguided, in my opinion, with the way they brought Jinder Mahal into this picture, like using race and religion and American tape me, I felt like he could have really pushed the, oh, you just think I'm a jobber or you think I'm a nobody and have, have had probably maybe the same outcome with that. I love the fact that Jinder Mahal is, is the WWE champion right now. Yeah, I, I, I like it. You know why? Because it's a fresh face. You know, he, he's not a 13-time champion like Randy Orton. I, I think when this last um, – when he, when Randy Orton won the belt the last time, people were like, all right, great. We've seen this story a million times. So this is good that they have a fresh face in the mix. Um, I'm okay with that. I, I'm definitely okay. I don't – yeah, I don't think they need to go to race and religion. I already think people hated Ginger enough because, yeah – they thought he was a jobber, so he could have got the same amount of heat. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that. Um, as for, you know, going back to the Triple H thing, you know, it, it would have been hard for Triple H to carry that company back in the Attitude Day because you had guys like Stone Cold and The Rock. I mean, Triple H didn't need to carry the company because those two guys were. Um, so, yeah, Randy's – I don't know how long he's going to continue wrestling for. Um it's. I don't know if he's going to win the belt back during his rematch and be a 14-time champion. I don't know what they're doing with that. Um, he does need to do something a little bit fresh and different. The Wyatt thing, cool, because you know, you you kind of knew Randy was that was a long slow burn setup. He just didn't know how it was going to play out. That, that's how I felt, anyways. I'm like, there's no way Randy Orton, this pretty boy guy, is going to be with these like Wyatt guys for long, and you know. It ended the way it ended, whatever. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see where they go with Randy Orton after this. You know, who's he going to feud with? Who's Is Jinder going to keep the belt? And who's Jinder going to feud with now? That's that's kind of my... 
I, I like the fact that they split the rosters up. I really felt like instead of a roster split, you should have had a, a fake company split. Maybe you recreate the NWO. That way you can expand the rosters and have, you know, not NWO, WCW. And, yeah. And you can expand the rosters more and give it its own separate company feel. And I think that's where the WWE is missing out because you have these small limited rosters where – in five months, everybody's going to wrestle everybody and nothing's going to feel new. Yeah, and that's why I think they do trades <clears throat> every year. You know, like, but then again, like, you're, you're trading, who was it, Miz and Dean Ambrose to the other brand and they continue feuding with each other. I'm like, what is going on here? I agree. Um, yeah, but I mean, they'll, they'll be able to mix it up. You know, maybe they'll do every six months, they'll do some trades rather than once a year. Who knows? I, I, I think... Um, wrestling itself, it, it's starting to go in uh, not a different direction, but like I watch, you watch the NXT pay-per-view, right? Yes, yes. I okay. was going to ask you, this was my, I, I've peeked in on NXT here and there, or I've YouTube certain stars that people talk about and kind of get caught up with them. I'm not an active watcher. I've never made time to watch a pay-per-view on a Saturday night because we've got kids and lives. Yep. First one I watched, blown away. Yeah, and I, it, it was very good. And I didn't even think it was one of their best ones. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's probably their best one in probably a, a long while. But, you know, opening match was great. Roderick Strong, Eric Young. But both both those guys are great in the ring. And then they had uh, the UK match. Now. Oh, man. Yes, exactly. So back, I don't know, let's go, let's say like um, – 10, 13 years ago, you know, I, I used to go to okay, uh, the UK a lot and uh, like for independent stuff. And I looked at the UK wrestlers at that time and I'm like, man, these guys are so far behind the game right now. Like the X division was coming up and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Ring of Honor was hot, all, all that. And UK was nowhere close to that. You know, you, you had two guys, Johnny, Star, Johnny Storm and Jody Flesh, and they they were good, but they're not like uh, the UK guys that are now. But so and then, you know, I, I don't go there for a while or I just go there with TNA. So I'm not seeing all the other independent talent in the UK. And then probably three months, two or three months before I retire, I do one last trip to the UK and I, I do two of them. And the talent there is amazing now. Like they totally turned it around. I feel like they are ahead of the U.S. right now for, for like the first time ever. Like they are phenomenal. Like some of those guys that I got to wrestle against and got to watch in the ring and stuff. And these two guys, Tyler Bate and Tyler, uh, Pete Dunn, mm-hmm. they put on a phenomenal. That, that's what you're seeing in the U.K. nowadays. Wow. They, they brought that over here. And uh, they, they've totally changed. The, that, that young group of talent totally changed. Uh, over the past ten years, and they're they're really making the UK something now. That's it. It made me it made me keep watching, and yeah, I, that was I, a phenomenal match. Then and I, I, yeah, it it was like it was really good. I mean, you know, I could critique some of it, you know, but it was it had the crowd involved. And think about it, this Chicago crowd, they didn't really know who these guys were. Even if they did, they weren't like. But then by the end of not even the end of the match, like three quarters of the way in halfway in 
they were on their feet and they they just loved it and that's what i love to see and the crowd wasn't into the rest of the show like they were that match let me ask you this it was a chicago crowd and i i wish i could remember the japanese wrestler's name who uses uh the go, go to, to sleep, sleep. hideo yes. Itami he used to be kenta over in uh in japan who's who's go who had go to sleep first was it cm or was it him <clears throat> it was him yeah <laughs> kenta had it uh hideo Itami had it first um Punk stole it from him. Well, not stole it, but whatever. Honor among thieves in wrestling. We all, you know, steal moves from other people. And how, how do you feel when you're watching someone use the Canadian Destroyer? Because I'll be honest, I I don't know. I mean, as you've said before that you know there's only so many more moves you can do before people get invented. But I kind of feel like if you're gonna use your move, do it justice, honor it, I'll give you some credit or something, but don't just take it and take your finishing move. Let's say you want to come out of retirement one day. Now your finishing move is being used in the middle of a match. You know, it doesn't matter. No? People, uh, well, it's interesting. Come on. Yeah, people are using it. Like, I think I just saw it on TNA. Come on. Um, Let it loose. One of the LAX guys. Hello? Let it it loose. Come on. Oh, okay. I thought I I lost connection or something. You're like, hello, hello. Um, I saw one of the LAX guys do the move. Um, in a in a match, and uh, the guy sold to his feet, and then uh, the, the clip ended. I just got a clip on Twitter or whatever, so he sent it to me. And I don't know. They apparently they did a move after that, and it wasn't even the finish. And it's like, hey, you guys don't understand. A, a wrestling move, any wrestling move, can be a finishing move. Anyone, like look at like Big Show's uh, punch to the face. Everybody does a punch to the face in a match. Right. It's how he does it, though. You know, he 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 has it built up and, you know, he like crumples his hand and he gets ready and the guy, you know, ducks out of it. And that would have been the finish if, you know, the guy didn't duck out of it. So it's how you do the move. When you just do a random Canadian destroyer, it means absolutely nothing. I would never do that. Like, I wouldn't just do a Canadian destroyer in the middle of my match. But if I did, people would be like, oh, you know, it's it's the finish. Um, The. (laughs) <laughs> these kids nowadays, they just don't get it. They think that a move is they're looking for a pop from the crowd rather than telling a story in the ring, you know? And I found like, I mean, I sound so old right now <laughs> because I remember like guys that are, are, were the vets when I was, when I was uh, a rookie in the business, they were telling me, you don't know how to tell stories and all that kind of stuff. You young guys, no, I'm saying the same thing, but they really don't. They're just taking a mat, taking a move, throwing it in the middle of the match randomly just so the crowd goes, oh. But, like, it means absolutely nothing. You know, and then the match finishes with a roll-up. Like, it does. It means nothing, especially a move like that. So, but you know what? What I honestly feel is I'm not pissed about it because, I mean, it doesn't make sense for me to be pissed because it's a cool move and people want to use it. They just don't know how to use it right. But I also feel honored because – Anytime you see it anywhere, like I saw Rey Mysterio do it on that Lucha Underground show. And I'm like, you know, I feel honored because whenever somebody sees that move, they don't think, wow, that was a cool move he did. They think like, oh, that's the Destroyer. That's Petey Williams's move that he just did. So it's an honor to me because it's almost like, you know, whenever somebody sees it, they, they think of me. And it's good because when I'm 
and I don't know if I've said this before, but like 50 years from now, 60 years from now, when I'm a grandpa and I'm watching Raw, SmackDown, whatever the wrestling show is at that time, in my living room with my grandkids, there is going to be a wrestler that does the Canadian Destroyer, and I could say, hey, that was my move, and I left my mark on wrestling forever. And I don't think too many people, wrestlers, can say that they've left their mark on wrestling forever. You, you've you created the Canadian Destroyer. Like You didn't see anybody do it, and then you made it more famous. That was something you created, right? Yeah. So, I mean, a, a lot of guys, like you were there. Yep. Um, uh, when we were talking to Bubba Ray, a lot of guys helped me you know, continue to get that move over, like putting little tweaks on it. Not how to do it. They didn't criticize me on like, oh, you need to hug the guy's waist more or whatever. They just kind of placement and how to tease it and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I didn't take everybody's criticism or not criticism, suggestions, but I always took everything in consideration and, you know, maybe tried it or, or, or dabbled with it a little bit just to see if I could, you know, put it in a different way or whatever. Not recreate the move, but recreate you know, the position I put it in, in the match, you know, give the fans something new to see or, or something like that. Ah, I'd be, I, if it were me, I'd be a little more upset. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I'd be like, well, well, when I was still wrestling and like <laughs> there was guys on the show trying to do the destroyer and I'm like, dude, come on, man. Have you, ever, like, have you had to do that really? Like, dude, you're stealing my move and you know, not well, cool. no, I remember at this Toronto show, this, this guy, I don't even want to say his name because if he still wrestles, I don't even want to give him props. Right? <laughs> That's go hill on me on this one. Do uh, it. Um, but I, they, they booked me on this show as, as a, as a big surprise. All right. Right. And they told this guy, he did the Canadian destroyer and he does the sharpshooter in his match in his matches. That's his like <laughs> repertoire. And I'm like, dude, I do the same thing. So whatever. And the, the promoter said, Hey man, Petey's going to be here tonight. Don't do the Canadian Destroyer. Don't do the Sharpshooter. And he said, okay. But then in the back of the locker room, a couple of my boys heard him complaining. And then Alex Shelley, who I love, because he, he'll just he'll, – he'll set you in his place. Right. He had enough of this guy, like, talking to another dude complaining. And he just let him have it, you know. Like, I don't remember what he said, but, you know, he was just like, listen, man. You know, it's like, that's not even your move, but like, just going off on him. And totally put him in his place. Because, I mean, how could you, like, I would never, if I was on, if, say if my finishing move was the Stone Cold Stunner, and I was on an independent show with Stone Cold, I wouldn't be like, hey, man, why can't I do the Stunner tonight? Because it's Stone Cold's move, that why, that's why. Right. You know? I mean, it, it makes sense. It's like an etiquette thing. It's a respect thing. You know, you, you just don't do it. Who was... So, who is, has anybody ever reached out to you and said, do you mind if I use it? That kind of surprised you? Like, oh, wow, that's really cool of that blank person to do it. No, that, that, that doesn't usually happen. No? Like, I, I've also been to shows where guys are like, <clears throat> like, oh, I do the Canadian Destroyer too. So, and they put me in a match against him. Like, it's a battle of the Canadian Destroyers. And I'm like, all right. All right. I, that's happened a lot, actually. Dude. And I'm like, sure, let, let's Let's do that, right? Does no that deal. does a wah wah sound go off in your head like oh gosh, this again? Um, no, nah, I mean whatever. It's <laughs> it, nah, at least I like because a lot of these independent shows when I go in, I know nothing about this character. I've never met him before or anything like that. I, I don't I don't know anything about their fan base. Nothing. 
and it's just like a random local independent show. Mm-hmm. So when I go there, it's good to at least I don't have to think about like okay, what's going to be the the story behind this match? They pretty much already come to me with a story. Like we both do the destroyer, so so it makes it easier to work around. So you already got that kind of uh, you know speed bump out of the way. All right, all right. Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this up? Um, I'd love to, but I don't think my voice can handle it. So we'll save it for next time. PD yeah. and I are, are teasing something pretty cool. We're not going to tell you guys what, but we're going to try to make this podcast a little more interactive and we'll leave it at that for future podcasts. And maybe not every podcast. We may try to do something on a special one we're, we're, we may test it out, but we'll leave it at that. PD, where can people find you one more time? <clears throat> on Twitter, IPD Williams. That's right. Or you can find them on the golf course soon. Yeah, or at my home, you know, if you know my address. I do. No, I don't. Hey, hey how come I don't know your address? I don't think I've, I've invited you over you over several times. You have. It's never gotten that point where it's like, yeah, I'm coming. Some of your address. So I don't think you have it. So I'll be there yeah. this afternoon. <laughs> All right. Too soon? <laughs> well, we're going to have fun with my kids. I'll tell you that. I, I, I'll bring mine. They can babysit each other. Yeah, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Dennis77Farrell. Follow Wrestling Inc. at Wrestling Inc. Facebook. Do, be part of our Facebook page. You go over there, Wrestling Perspective. Type it in. Like the page. Tell your friends. This is how the podcast grows. Uh, we're going to try doing more different things, incorporating court, current wrestling. We love the old stories. It, it's fun, Petey, and we're going to keep doing it. Yeah, I love it. All right, guys. Thanks. We'll talk to you next week.